Hi, this is Mark Nagel from 720 Apiaries, and neither myself or any of the honeybees in the whole United States listen to I Doubt It with Dollamore. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. All right, welcome to the show, episode 360 of your listener-produced, listener-supported I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, and seated across from me, ready to go. I mean, can you can you name a badder bitch than Brittany Page? Wow. <laughs> um, wow. Isn't that the Twitter frenzy right now? Uh, it's a it's a mild frenzy. Name a bitch badder than Taylor Swift. <laughs> you know, yeah, um, she's really bad. She's really tough. And bad. I don't. Uh, <laughs> I, this is one of the reasons I love Twitter, because it kind of takes on a mind of its own. Mm-hmm. But let me ask you, well, for those of you who don't know, and I would assume it's a lot of you, a, twi- a Twitter, uh, a tweet went viral. Yeah. And not viral in the way that it was retweeted a shit ton of times or liked a bunch of times, but viral in the way that there was a bunch of responses, a bunch of replies mm-hmm. to someone who tweeted name what what's the tweet name a bitch badder than taylor swift so they and then it has a picture of taylor swift looking apparently real bad (laughs) (laughs) and so they are are they making a joke like she's not bad name a bunch of people who are or they think that she's super bad super awesome i think this is a fan that is being Hmm. serious and so all of the replies took on a life of their own of literally naming hund- thousands of people who are quote unquote badder yes. than Taylor Swift. Yeah, like Malala, Virginia Woolf, uh, <laughs> right. actual bad bitches. Uh, like Harriet Tubman. <laughs> um, you know, women who have actually overcome obstacles and. Um, well, I'm right. not saying that Taylor who, who Swift hasn't overcome who obstacles. Aren't upper but- middle class. Now, multi-hundred millionaire white girls, six-foot blondes. Yeah. It's a rough life to be such a badass. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say that she hasn't. I don't know about her life, so I don't know. But I'm I'm just saying it's, it's weird how she has kind of taken on this um, persona um, that people think she's, like, untouchable. And, like, it's almost like Beyonce. People have kind of turned her into that Beyonce type thing. Like she's a queen and they admire her so much. And uh, I mean, that's fine. Well, I I think there's a difference between the two and it's not just a color thing. (laughs) I think it's a it's a a socioeconomic thing. I mean, Taylor Swift came from means. Did she? Yeah. Taylor Taylor Swift is is upper middle class little white girl. I don't know anything about her life. And Beyonce did not. I mean, I don't think she came from abject poverty, Mm -hmm. but she certainly didn't come from the means from which Taylor Swift um, hails. So tell us more about Beyonce and Taylor Swift's bios that you've been reading. I don't know their bios. I just know (laughs) that as a fact. That's not, you know, it's not like Taylor Swift is scraping and uh, trying to make it. Yeah. Anyway, and I don't have any beef against Taylor Swift. I don't appreciate her music. It's not my, it's not my jam, as yeah. it were, Brittany Page. Yeah, and I, I do want to say I don't think this was a people criticize the Twitter pylons, and I agree that that can turn into a very shitty thing to do to someone, especially if someone yeah is you know they have like seventy followers or something, and they tweeted something, and then all of a sudden thousands of people yeah, yeah, are yeah. shitting on them. That's that's unfortunate, but this person has uh, 15,000 followers, Yeah, yeah. and I don't know if that happened as a result of this tweet, but these responses weren't criticizing them. <laughs> they were just responses saying... Here's somebody who's badder. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Here's, I just read this one. This person says, me, like I'm a badder bitch, mm-hmm. 
and they have a verified account. Their name is Janie Godley, J-A-N-E-Y Godley, G-O-D-L-E-Y. And they say me, and it's a picture, uh, presumably of them, holding a sign on a Trump golf course being approached by Scottish police, I presume. And she's holding a sign that says, Trump is a cunt. <laughs> wow. I would have to agree. Well, there there was another person that nominated themselves. They said, okay, fine. I cared for my brilliant husband as brain tumor took his vision, short-term memory, and core bodily functions through 13 brain surgeries, raised our one-year-old baby alone, finished PhD dissertation eight months after he died, published like mad, and got tenure at R1, which is... I think like a very high performing research university. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there you go. That well, seems pretty impressive. So that is. I think they used Twitter acted in a in a good way this time. Not yeah. could just just shitting all over this tweeter, this mm-hmm. person, mm-hmm. but answering answering the call. There are many many other people. Yeah. Well, name this, one. Yeah, name one. <laughs> Here's several thousand. So that is good. Twitter not acting stupid. You know, if we could just take a second, because we've been gone for a couple days. We have. And we're doing hashtag third episode this week. Hashtag third episode. And one of the things that came out this week that I want to talk about up front, because I don't want to forget to talk about it, is Donald Trump's eating habits. Oh, yes. So I think we should just get that out of the way right now. You know what bums me out is when we get busy... Because I wanted to not write an article, but but create some kind of a graphic um, of what we're getting ready to talk about. And because we were so busy, we didn't. I didn't have time to get to it when I wanted to. And then Axios beat me to the goddamn punch. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> so I think this is. This is from Corey Lewandowski's new book. Yeah. Is that yeah, what's yeah, happening? That's right, yeah. Okay. And he says this is like an example of what Donald Trump would order for dinner at McDonald's. One meal. This is dinner. Two Big Macs, two filet o fish, and a chocolate milkshake. Yes. This would be 2,400 calories. This is a 2,400 calorie meal. When I counted it out, it was closer to 2,800, but we'll we'll go with 24. Yeah. And people have started writing articles about this, kind of analyzing the <laughs> nutritional facts. Um, and this is, this is very bad because the sodium more than doubles the American Heart Association's recommendation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not even talking about the, the, the nutritional side of it. Just caloric intake alone. Yeah, it's enough energy for a full day. It, it, more than that, yeah. For a, for a guy who's 70 years old, moderately active, and you would suspect he probably would be on the campaign, going from place to place, staying awake for a long time. Yeah. Although he's just... Being driven from place to place. I know, unless they're wheeling him being, place to place. Being flown from place to yeah, place. Yeah, he's not walking a lot, probably. So, tw- 2,400 calories, we'll go with that low estimate, is enough for an entire goddamn day. Mm-hmm. And it's not like that was his only meal. Well, and they said that he he has four food groups, four major food groups. <laughs> McDonald's, KFC, pizza, and Diet Coke. Wow. And then apparently he loves to snack. And so they said that um, there's a lot of snacks around him all the time. And the snacks aren't loaded ri- rice with crackers. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> they are It's not Oreos. a bowl of ice. <laughs> no. I think it was Oreos Vienna Fingers or something. Do you know what those are? Yeah, they're like a little cookie. Yeah, so cookies and... So he doesn't... Why does he... He seems like a Dorito guy to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Doritos are delicious. Well, they also had potato chips, pretzels. And then because he's a germaphobe, he won't eat from a package that has already been opened because there's a risk, you see, of someone having put their hand in the bag. Yeah. Tell us all about that risk, Brittany. (laughs) No, I'm I'm assuming that that's how he feels. I don't know. (laughs) Um, I mean, you're going to waste a whole package of Oreos because it's open already. That seems a little excessive. Well, listen... um, Donald Trump is not the paragon of health. I think he's been gaining weight since he got elected. And uh, 
Well, he, he, well, also remember, he's the two scoop of ice cream guy. Well, he also brags about not exercising. Right. He believes in some battery. He believes in some theory that the human body is like a battery. And the more you exercise, you deplete what is an already finite amount of energy that the body has. Yeah. And think of this. Think of any time you've seen him walking. He's not an urgent person. No, no. He's not quickly moving. He's not aware of the fact that he could be dead any moment and he needs to get to living. He for sure lumbers everywhere yeah, he, he goes. Yeah, he just casually strolls around. Like if, if Donald Trump had, had theme music, <laughs> if Donald Trump had theme music playing everywhere he walked, it uh-huh. would be like... Exactly. Exactly. 100%. So... How has he lived this long, eating like this and not exercising? Well, it's genetic, alarming. man. It's genetic. So yeah. he does have superior genetics? Is that what no, you're saying? No, I mean, some people just... Like, when they warn you, oh, it's going to cut off 10 years of your life. People don't fucking know. People, the Doctors don't know. <laughs> they don't know. I mean, on average, yeah, but maybe not in his case. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's... He's got, you know, the 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 cardiopulmonary system of a goddamn something that doesn't get affected by double the sodium. Yeah. For an entire lifetime. And no fiber ever. He's not looking good though. Yeah, he doesn't look good. The color. Mhm. And maybe it's just we're so used to seeing that healthy orange hue about <laughs> him that yeah. when we see his normal splotchy ruddy complexion, uh-huh. It's a little alarming. Yeah. <laughs> right. Two Big Macs and two filet of fish And look, man, I'm not a big fan of McDonald's unless, you know, they want to sponsor the show. <laughs> I love that shit. Yeah. Um, but a Big Mac, maybe it's just the Big Mac sauce that I, that I enjoy. Wait, you like them? Uh, yeah, I, 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 I mean, I haven't eaten McDonald's in over a decade, mm-hmm. but uh, eh. mm-hmm. I, 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 I have fond memories of a Big Mac. Although the last time I had <laughs> a Big hell? Mac, the last time I had a Big Mac, it was like the size of a, like a, a comically small hamburger, like yeah. a tiny little thing. Uh-huh. And when I was a kid, I remember them being this towering, massive meal it was huge and then it's like a chew toy for a chihuahua (laughs) yeah (laughs) well that's unfortunate that is unfortunate Mm -hmm. another thing that's unfortunate let's do a little follow-up okay since it has been so long and we have a lot of topics to cover we're going to do the the navajo thing briefly talk about the tweets with the racism and the 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 Jada uh, witch tweets, right? Yeah. The Jada Franson from Britain First. Mm-hmm. And we'll get on to the whole Mike Flynn. That classy laid. Yeah, she is so classy. So um, where should we start? Should we start with the with the Brock Turner appealing his 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 rape conviction yeah. in the Stanford rape case where he was convicted of raping an unconscious, passed out, drunken victim? Behind a dumpster at a party mm-hmm. and was stopped by passersby, Swedish, I think, foreign foreign exchange students or something, chased him down or stopped him. He tried to run away. Um, and he is appealing his case. A 172-page brief filed on Friday by Mr. Turner's attorney said that he did not get a fair trial for several reasons, including the exclusion of testimony by character witnesses who spoke of his swimming career and his performance in school and attested to his honesty, the appeal said. About 70, no, I'm sorry, about 60 pages focus heavily on how intoxicated the victim, known as Emily Doe, was on the night of the attack. So they're saying that it should be appealed because he didn't get a fair trial and they didn't allow people to talk about what what a great swimmer he was and how he he got good grades. I have heard analysis of of them um, talking about what the lawyers argue and that what they argue is that nothing illegal took place. Mm -hmm. It wasn't illegal for him to do what he did, for him to rape. He is a convicted rapist. If any of you are interested in her, the victim impact statement, she was allowed to to read a statement in court and we had the text of it. And Brittany Page read the text of her entire statement and we made it a bonus episode. 
I would encourage anybody who's interested in this case whatsoever to go find that episode. We'll post it on the Facebook page. Brittany's writing that down right now to remind herself. Mm-hmm. Here I go. <laughs> We're gonna, getting bossed around. We'll post that on the Facebook page. And it's, uh, it is an alarming turn of events that he would try to appeal. It's not really necessarily surprising because uh, uh, a piece of shit like this who's willing and capable of raping an unconscious victim behind a dumpster, it's not like out of out of character right. for them to appeal. Well, remember, he was convicted of three counts of felony sexual assault, and he had faced 14 years in prison, but he was given six months in a county jail and three years probation. And He's I, already out. And I think what the issue is, like what's, what's primarily motivating this appeal is that they don't want him to be registered as a sex offender. Yeah. Because he had to register as a sex offender. As you should when you rape. When you're convicted of three counts of felony sexual assault. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's primarily what's motivating the appeal is that his family was really hung up on the fact that he was going to have to register as a sex offender. Um, but, you know, I mean, you're you're convicted of this. And the, you you know, this. the sexual registry, the sexual offender registry is a place for sexual offenders. Mm-hmm. So it's a natural place for him to be yeah. registered. And it's weird that they're focusing on the Stanford swimmer, you know, and, and news outlets were criticized for putting that in the headline when this right. was when this was going on. Immaterial. Yeah, it doesn't matter. And it, it even he is still focusing on it. Like, look at my fall from grace. Well, you did that. Yeah. No one did that to you. So you're trying to get sympathy for your fall from grace, but you're the one who made these decisions. Yeah. No one forced you into this position. This is something that we will be following going forward. Um, Be sure of that. So the other bit of news was that Matt Lauer is the next domino to fall Relative to media figures, celebrity figures, well-known, notable figures in a sexual misconduct um, situation. His case, were there were some weird fucking details. And NBC is facing a lot of questions right now because I have a clip, but we're not going to play it because I think it's going to take too long. But NBC was also the one who wouldn't um, wouldn't air Ronan Farrow's interview, like his his investigation. Right, he went his to information. them. He went to them. He said, "Listen, I'm doing this story," and they were not supportive, to say the least. Because so, he's an employee of NBC. Yeah, so that's why he ended up having to publish in the New Yorker, I mm-hmm. think. Um, and he was interviewed on other outlets and now we're finding out that well maybe it's because nbc had their own issue relative to a sexual predator in their midst and who knew that matt lauer was making 25 million dollars a year mm-hmm. was he that valuable to the corporation 25 million dollars apparently tell us a little bit about some of the 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 evil villain type details of the the allegations. Okay. Well, he once gave a colleague a sex toy as a present. And... <laughs> you know, like you do. With that, he included a note about how he wanted to use it on her. Ah, and she was not happy about this. Pretty alarmed. <laughs> how is it that 25 million... You make a bunch of money. You're a powerful person in the, in the network. How is... At what point does the switch flip for you? Yeah. That you're, I'm just a normal guy doing a job, and then all of a sudden, yeah, I'm going to give a dildo to a female colleague. Well, it's also talk about a paper trail. I mean, what's going on here? You <laughs> literally wrote a note with the gift. I mean, you just don't care That's at that unt- point, right? Well, I don't think it's not care. I think it's nothing can touch me. I'm beyond the reach of human resources. Yeah. Uh, another time, he asked a female employee to come to his office and then dropped his pants and revealed his penis. And another, another one. 
Yeah. God damn. After she... Nobody wants to see that. After she didn't jump with joy and immediately start uh, pleasuring him, he <laughs> reprimanded her for not engaging with him in a sexual act. Wow. And then sometimes he would quiz people about who they slept with, wanting to trade names with them, um, engaging in the fuck, marry, kill game where he would identify female co-hosts that he would most like to bang. And there's there's audio. Uh, there's an audio clip of Katie Couric on Andy Cohen's show mm-hmm. saying years ago, years ago, saying that the most aggravating thing about Matt Lauer is that he's always pinching her butt. He's always pinching her ass. And she says it not in a joking way. She's very serious when she says it. Yeah. And Andy Cohen starts laughing and says he wouldn't have a problem with that, which was weird because he's not like reading her facial expression yeah yeah well that's okay his, it's an entertainment show it I is get an it, entertainment show and you know it's in the moment it's a live goddamn show what are you gonna do oh really let's bear down on that let's really i'm <laughs> now i want to turn into serious journalists yeah i get it i'm just making a comment well, Relax. also i don't know why i'm like andy cohen's number one fan over here yeah i, I don't know why i'm vociferously defending <laughs> andy cohen like i We've got a business deal in the works, and I don't want to fuck up his reputation. Yeah, I mean, I, I do love him, but I will say I have a hard time with that show because I don't watch the Housewives show. So anytime Housewives come up, I like... Yeah, it's like a constant ad for, for the Housewives of Atlanta or yeah, whatever. Yeah, and I don't know what they're talking about. Anyway, so another thing Matt Lauer <laughs> uh, had was this button under his desk that allowed him to lock his door from the inside without getting up. <laughs> and um, this apparently is something that... NBC says other high-profile figures have because it's um, for on, privacy man. reasons. That's like supervillain shit. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's either lazy or rapey, and it seems like they would... <laughs> or maybe a super lazy, rapey guy. <laughs> I mean, when someone comes to you and says, I want this installed, it's you have to ask that question. Well, are you just super lazy, or is this a rapey thing? <laughs> is because... this for rape purposes, or lethargic purposes. Yeah, I mean, think of like in um, schools where they have uh, training for school shootings. Yeah, and, like lockdown situations. Yeah, and one of the things you have to do is walk to the door and lock it when right. that happens. So right. if if Matt Lauer was in a situation where he needed privacy. Al-Qaeda is rushing the building yeah, at 30 I, Rock. I assume that he's going to have enough time to walk to the door. I mean, how big is this office? What are we talking about here? Anyway... <laughs> He would use it to lock the door. Yeah. When when women were in there and initiate inappropriate contact. So with no them. one could come in. Now details have yes. been released that you could get out if you were inside the room. Well, yeah, it wasn't. It locked wasn't locked from, locked the, from outside. the inside. From the inside, it wasn't locked. Right, but it was just to avoid. Um, or it was locked. It was locked from the inside, so no one in- out could get in. Yes. Yeah, I'm so, all fucked up. Yeah. (laughs) So no one could walk in on him. Mid-rape. Yes. Um, And then, well, the most alarming thing for me was that he had sex with a a colleague. And apparently in the middle of the act of having sex with her, he beckoned her to the office, said he wanted to have sex. And then she passed out at some point and woke up without her underwear on or around her ankles or whatever. And they had to send her to the hospital. Yeah, she had to. She had to go see a nurse, I believe, is what they said. Oh, right. So I don't medical know. attention. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of details, but she said she woke up and uh, his assistant or something took her to a nurse or who, something. Who, who are these other people who are complicit in? Why wasn't an alarm bell ra- rang then? Yeah, I I wonder because there were stories about him that were circulated and. People always come out and they say, you know, like with the Charlie Rose situation, I saw someone tweet and they said, I was an intern for Charlie Rose. Don't let any of these people that are closely tied to these people tell you that they didn't know. Yeah. Because you're always hearing stories. And Matt Lauer apparently was known for cheating on his wife. Every time they would go cover the Olympics, he's like coming on to everybody. Um, So they knew that he was this creepy kind of figure. And, you know, you could say, oh, maybe they didn't know if these were consensual. Like, maybe the woman went in there to have sex with him, and then, you know, she needed to see a nurse or something. Yeah. Um, someone might be able to tell themselves that, but you have to wonder. 
if that's really the case, or if they knew something shady was going on and just didn't know how to deal with it because $25 million a year Matt Lauer right, right. Has, sure. has the power. And NBC, it seems like, allegedly, according to people... <laughs> allegedly, everybody. ...was protecting him because people did try to complain and apparently nothing was done. Yeah. So... Just... Until this wave of hashtag me too. Yeah. Well, it's maddening. It, it is disgusting. And fuck him. I'm glad that he has gotten his comeuppance. And even th- th- there are um, circumstances that have arisen relative to retribution or consequence, not retribution, consequence. He he bought a bunch of land in, in New Zealand. And apparently to own land as a foreigner in New Zealand, you have to pass a character test. Wow. And apparently they might be reconsidering his his ownership of that property. You know, it'd be nice if you had to pass a character test to be president. (laughs) That would be great. (laughs) Yeah. In the United States. So that is kind of where we are today. Um, So one more thing before we move on Um, in the same realm. Bill O'Reilly. A woman who reached a settlement with him over harassment allegations has sued him and Fox News for defamation and breach of contract, saying Fox News, (laughs) saying that public statements he and the network made violated the settlement and portrayed her as a liar and politically motivated extortionist. The woman, Rachel Bernstein, is one of six known to have reached settlements after making accusations against Bill O'Reilly. None of the others have said anything publicly about their claims. Wow. Yep. That would be great. I wonder if she will get a a heightened settlement or if it nullifies the agreement where she can now give the deets. Well, this is what the lawsuit says, quote, in fact, Mr. O'Reilly is the liar. <laughs> wow. Um, and it goes on to say he mistreated Miss Bernstein. She was forced out of her job at Fox News and paid a settlement because of his mistreatment. Hmm. Well, that is good news as well. Look, a lot of good is coming from this movement. This movement of uncovering the deplorable actions of men in power. I really hope that it does trickle down and reverberate down into regular jobs where corp- corporate culture will change everywhere. I don't know you know, what the chances of that are. We don't really have a situation where we, we have a sexual harassment issue in our, in our company mm-hmm. because it's you and me, mm. you know? Yeah. So we hold each other accountable. Yes. <laughs> but that would be nice. All right, let's move on and cover these stories. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dollamore. L. L. And Andrew. Andrew. Yes. Thank you both so much for joining the Patreon family, helping to produce the content that we make, helping to support the show. We do have um, future bonus episodes that are planned, that are on the slate Uh, Some good stuff is coming up. We are also, this month, I'm going to figure out the technology (laughs) to stream live episodes. To start, it won't be every single episode that we do, but it'll be maybe every even episode. We'll figure it out. We're going to make an announcement when we settle it that we will stream live, Brittany and I doing the show, so you can watch it on YouTube or whatever through an unlisted link. Mm-hmm. And that'll be for Patreon supporters of a certain level. We haven't figured all that out yet. Yes. And it'll be the the unvarnished, unedited, watching us, you know, stop to cough or stop to drink or stop to argue, whatever. Yeah. You'll get to witness that. So Cry that- because I can't pronounce a word. You never know <laughs> what's going to happen. You never know. Yeah. So we will we'll get that set up. We'll let you know that is in the works. If you want to be, I think we're going to do that at the $10 a month level. Okay. I think that's that's a reasonable 
perk for something like that. Yeah, getting to see warts and all. Warts and all. So, <laughs> um, we also. Although I might have to dress better for the episode because I'm like so. in a in my robe. Yeah, no robes allowed. And sweatpants right now. Yeah, come on, Donald. <laughs> we we sent out a massive stack of stickers uh, last week. So if you got those, we want to see them. Please post pictures. Well, we want to see the stickers. We want to see where you stick the sticker. Yeah, we want to see where where you put them. That's what I was getting at. <laughs> and uh, so go ahead and, and share those with us on Twitter, on the Facebook page, um, at I Doubt It Podcast. Follow both of us on Twitter, at Dollamore, at Brittany E. Page. You'll find it. Yes. <laughs> also, it's the holidays, and we'll, st- we'll, 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 we'll move on after this. It is the holidays. It is now December. Christmas is rapidly approaching. Hanukkah is rapidly approaching. I'm sure there's some other ones out there, too, that you buy gifts for. But if you're going to be shopping on Amazon, if you're going to be spending your money there anyway, why not help support your favorite show? I doubt it with Dollamore, just like Donald Trump tweets that he is your favorite president. Dollamore.com slash Amazon. That'll redirect you through using our affiliate link. Do your shopping there. We would appreciate it very much. You don't spend any more. And uh, you help support and produce the show. All right. Moving on. Dilemocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. Let's talk about, unfortunately, the alleged child molester Roy Moore. You like that little little pause? Uh, I noticed the pause. Yeah, yeah. I hope everybody noticed the pause mm-hmm. because he is an alleged child molester, Roy Moore. <laughs> he, oh God! This is a clip I didn't play last week, but there's a guy out there named Doctor James Dobson, who is the founder and executor of Focus on the Family, a religious right conservative movement focusing on the health of the family and Jesus's role and God you know he's one of those guys mm-hmm. well he did uh, he did a commercial a little commercial for Roy Moore you know just like Jesus would do to support an alleged child molester Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. James Dobson. You know, last November, I believe God gave America another chance with the election of Donald J. Trump. But he now (laughs) needs the presence and leadership of Judge Roy Moore to make America great again. And that's why I'm asking my friends in Alabama to elect Judge Roy Moore to the United States Senate. Judge Moore is a man of proven character and integrity, and he has served Alabama and this country very, very well. I've known him for over 15 years, but recently I've been dismayed and troubled about the way he and his wife Kayla have been personally attacked by the Washington establishment. Judge Moore has stood for our religious liberty and for the sanctity of marriage when it seemed like the entire world was against him. I hope you'll vote for Judge Roy Moore for United States Senate. I'm Roy Moore, and I approve this message. Paid for by Judge Roy Moore for U.S. Senate. So not only that, <laughs> but also Donald Trump has now endorsed Ray Moore. Yeah, oh yeah, came right out and and just did it. Mm-hmm. You know, it is hard to argue with Doctor James Dobson that God gave America another chance with the election of Donald Trump. Everybody, that was God. America was on the ropes, but God has decided to weigh in. And give America one more chance after they fucked it all up and elected Barack Obama. God wants to give us another shot at it. All right, everybody. You fucked everything up, but I'm going to give you one more chance to get it right. Here is your savior, Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who are these people? Who are these people who, who attack this in a serious manner recording this message? Who are these simpletons who believe that message? Well, it sounds like James Dobson is the guy yeah. that believes that. Well, listen, I, I've been, we've been watching a lot on TV interviews with Roy Moore supporters. 
And uh, it, it is an odd thing. And I don't know if these are just the kind of the, the, the wing nuts that they find who say on camera with a straight face that they don't care what he did. Even if he's guilty of the allegations that have been made, they don't care. Well, this is the damage that has been done. And someone subscribed me to Donald Trump's mailing list. Thanks a lot. Um, but it's actually <laughs> been quite informative because yeah. I do read the messages now every day. And <laughs> he starts it off Begging saying... for money. He starts it off saying the Democrats, the liberals, and talks about them as though they are this evil group of people that need to be stopped. And... That message has been received to yeah. the point where these voters in Alabama will vote for anyone other than a Democrat. Anyone other than a Democrat. That's what you hear them say. I'm yeah. not going to vote for a Democrat. So, yeah. I've heard the words out of their mouths say, I would rather a child molester than a Democrat. You have heard that? Yes. Wow. That. Where are we? In our American political history, that that is the case. Mm -hmm. He's leading in the polls. Four, five, six points. Leading in the polls with several, numerous, credible allegations mm -hmm. of child molestation. Well, and this fits with the Public Religion Research Institute uh polling that we've talked about before where the percent who say an elected official who commits an immoral act in their personal life can still behave ethically and fulfill their duties in their public and professional life which is an amazing turnaround in 2011 30 percent of white evangelical protestants agreed with this and in 2016 72 percent so it went from 30 percent in, in five years, 30% yeah. to 72%. Those An elected numbers, official who commits an immoral act in their personal life can still behave ethically. Those numbers are eerily similar to the flip-flop that was had relative to people's perceptions of Donald or of uh, Vladimir Putin mm -hmm. and of Russia. Yeah. Keeping in mind that this is the same group of people who justifiably had a problem with Bill Clinton. And they're selling all of that out, trading away all of that quote-unquote moral authority because they want their guy, an alleged child molester, Roy Moore, in the Senate over a highly qualified Doug Jones. It's just, it's alarming. And it's not just guys like Dr. James Dobson. Mitch McConnell has now caved, has now changed his viewpoint, is now hedging the very forceful comments that he made earlier. I believe the women. I believe the victims. I believe these allegations against Roy Moore. And if he does get elected, we are going to do an ethics investigation, and we're going to kick him the fuck out. That is what he said, paraphrased course <laughs> really <laughs> well here he is with george stephanopoulos and uh kind of whistling a different tune thing to me that i think is inappropriate next week we have that special election in alabama roy moore who you believe should step aside the republican candidate you've said you believe his accusers if he wins will you insist on referring his case to the senate ethics committee well i think uh we're gonna let the people of alabama decide well, uh, I, I, I think we're going to, he, he, his voice is, uh, he's like partly droopy dog, but a really low, well, I think we're going to let the people of Alabama decide <laughs> the election. I know what I said before, but, uh, no, I, I, I don't think I'm going to do that now. <laughs> From Tuesday, who they want to send to the Senate and then we'll address, uh, the matter appropriately. I've already said in the past uh, that I thought this was a matter that would have to be considered by the committee. Ultimately, it would be up to them to make that decision, and they'll make it, <clears throat> depending upon whether uh, Judge Moore ends up coming uh, to the Senate. Do you believe that Judge Moore should be in the Senate? I I'm going to let the 
People of Alabama make the call. We're, this election's been going on a long time. There's been a lot of discussion about it. They're going to make the decision a week from Tuesday. But you are prepared to take action if he is indeed elected? The Ethics Committee will have to consider the matters that have been litigated in the campaign uh, should that uh, uh, particular candidate win. Will you be making a recommendation to the Ethics Committee? Look, they, they decide what to go forward. This is a very balanced committee. It's the only committee in the Senate that's an even number of Democrats and Republicans. Neither side can take advantage of the other. Uh, in fact, I was chairman of the Ethics Committee 20 some odd years ago when I had to make the recommendation to expel the chairman of the Finance Committee, uh, Senator Packwood, over a case of sexual harassment. So the Senate has been very sensitive to these matters for a long time. And the Ethics Committee will handle this in the regular order way that we do this in the Senate. And I'm confident they'll come you, up with the you, right you, conclusion. You have had a consistent history on this. Final question, then. You said you believe Roy Moore's accusers. What about the president's? At least 10 women have come forward accusing him. Do you believe them, and should that be investigated? Well, my job is, is to be the majority leader of the Senate. And we have jurisdiction over these matters when there is a senator accused of some uh, wrongdoing, for example. Yeah. Uh, I'm the majority leader of the Senate. Uh, I can't have an opinion on anything. Uh, having to, I'm not a private citizen. I'm the majority leader. Well, this is the new thing that they're doing because people in Alabama, there's there's this divide in the Republican Party, right? And you have people who don't want the Washington elitists telling them what to do. Yeah. And so Sean Hannity made the mistake of going right up to the line almost condemning Roy Moore. Mm -hmm. And then the next day he walked it back and said, oh, but I'm not here to tell people in Alabama what to do. The people of Alabama will decide. And that's the new line because they don't want the people of Alabama to hear the Washington elite telling them what to do. Not that John Hannity is the Washington elite, but um, (laughs) he speaks for the Washington elite, does he not? He for sure does. And the unwashed masses, the the populist masses. He does it all. He's a man (laughs) of many talents. And so (laughs) Mitch McConnell, who did the same thing, was, was criticized Roy Moore. He did, yeah. Yeah, and now he's walking that back and saying, well, I'm not the one deciding that. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. the people in Alabama yeah. have to make the decision. So they ultimately want Roy Moore to be elected. That's that's what this is. And and so they don't want to be telling the people in Alabama what to do because that's going to piss them off. Um, it's odd that Donald Trump came out today and flat out endorsed him. But, I mean, I don't know what to say about that. You know, I'm, I think there is an argument to be made about being wary of a Senate that has the power to overturn the democratic process in a state. Meaning, I think we should not be so on the bandwagon to have the Senate remove Roy Moore because, well, one, if he gets elected and they remove him, they're just going to, the governor's going to appoint another uh, Republican until a special election can be had to elect a permanent member of the Senate. But what happens when the Senate decides, if if we start this as a pattern where this is a a normal thing that happens, what happens when there's a Democrat that they don't like because he or she did whatever and the Senate, whoever's in the majority, votes to expel them? It just seems to me that it's a problematic... um, trend that we certainly don't want to start mm-hmm. I, I don't know how i feel about it ultimately because it would be good and we don't want this kind of character in the senate a, a man who's allegedly a child molester Brittany page that's a problem <laughs> not like you don't know yeah but there is something to be said about starting a precedent like that mm-hmm. so let's um Let's move on uh, briefly. I think we're going to have to turn this into a two-parter, Brittany Page, and deal with the Michael Flynn stuff separately, maybe maybe tomorrow morning or something. It is hashtag third episode. Yeah, maybe get Drew in here to talk a little bit about the legal ramifications and what these different indictments mean. We'll, I'll reach out and see what his schedule is. Mm-hmm. Busy with court and all, you know, being a lawyer. Our legal correspondent and what the, he does, other things. Oh, the lawyer in he He's does. not on call. 
He's not on call. Ready no. to drop what he's doing at no. any moment. So Don Lemon, I'm going to play a clip. Just to, I'm warning you. You mean he's not here? Yeah, no, he's not here. <laughs> Don, come on in, sit down, yeah. buddy. So l- last week when Donald Trump was was giving the the introduction for the Navajo Code Talkers, these World War II Marine heroes who helped win the war against the Nazis by sending messages in their Navajo tongue, which could not be deciphered by the Nazis. It could be, couldn't be decoded. Mm-hmm. So they're called code talkers. And Donald Trump, I'm sure you've seen it, and I'm sure you've heard it, when he made his slur, and that there's no other way to explain what he did when he randomly talked about, didn't name her, but said, oh, there's this representative in Congress. She's called a Pocahontas. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, it's a slur. He means it as a slur. He means to disparage her using the name of an icon in American history. Truly unbelievable. And here's Don Lemon kind of unpacking it, saying what his show is getting better and better. What we're all thinking. Yeah, he's saying exactly what I want to say. The President of the United States. In the middle of an event honoring American heroes and Navajo code talkers, slamming a political opponent using a racist slur, a racist slur, one that is insulting to Native Americans. You were here long before any of us were here. Although we have a representative in Congress who they say was here a long time ago. They call her Pocahontas. That remark met with stunned silence from everyone in the room because everyone in that room knew it was a racist slur directed at Senator Elizabeth Warren. How they know that? It's an insult the president loves slamming her with, starting during the campaign. Pocahontas! That's this Elizabeth Warren. I call her Pocahontas, and that's an insult to Pocahontas. And Massachusetts is represented by Pocahontas, right? Pocahontas. It may be Pocahontas, remember that. What an insult to Pocahontas, isn't it? I was being hit by Pocahontas, and Pocahontas is not happy. Elizabeth Warren, she's one of the worst senators. Who, Pocahontas? (laughs) Native American groups have long condemned the president's use of the term, saying, quote, the name of Pocahontas should not be used as a slur and it is inappropriate for anyone to use her name in a disparaging manner. That seems clear enough. But Press Secretary Sarah Sanders refused to acknowledge that today. The event that the president just did with the Navajo Code Talkers, he referred to Pocahontas being in the Senate. Why did he feel the need to say something that is offensive to many people? While honoring the Navajo code talkers, these genuine American I think heroes. what most people find offensive is uh, Senator Warren lying about her heritage to advance her career. Now she Stephen said it was a Harris. racial slur. She said it was a racial slur. What is your response to that? I, I think that's a ridiculous response. The White House doubling down because that's what the White House does. It doubles down. And looking on as President Trump used that slur, that particular insult to Native Americans... This portrait of President Andrew Jackson, added to the Oval Office by President Trump, who is such a fan of his predecessor, he laid a wreath on Jackson's tomb earlier this year. Andrew Jackson famously signed the Indian Removal Act, which allowed white settlers to drive Native Americans off their land by force, if necessary, starting a brutal migration known as the Trail of Tears. Now, maybe you want to argue that President Trump is just tone deaf or ignorant of that part of the record of President Jackson, who President Trump admires so much. Maybe you think we should give him the benefit of the doubt. But remember, all the times that this president, Donald Trump, has launched attacks against people of color, against Mexicans. They're bringing drugs. They're bringing crime. They're rapists. And some, I assume, are good people. Against African-Americans. Look at my African-American over here. Look at him. Are you the greatest? Against a judge with Mexican ancestry. This judge is giving us unfair rulings. Now I say why. Well, I want to, I'm building a wall, okay? 
and it's a wall between Mexico, not another country. He's, in not, my, he's not from Mexico. In my opinion, he's from Indiana. He is he's Mexican, Mexican heritage, and he's very proud of it. Against a Muslim gold star mother. If you look at his wife, she was standing there. She had nothing to say. She probably, maybe she wasn't allowed to have anything to say. You tell me. Claiming there were very fine people on both sides in Charlottesville. You had some very bad people in that group. But you also had people that were very fine people on both sides. And of course, pushing the birther myth against President Barack Obama. I would like to have him show his birth certificate. And can I be honest with you? I hope he can. Because if he can't, if he can't, and if he wasn't born in this country, which is a real possibility, I'm not saying it happened, I'm saying it's a real possibility, much greater than I thought two or three weeks ago, then he has pulled one of the great cons in the history of politics. This aspect of Donald Trump isn't new. It goes back for years. In fact, I asked him about it two years ago when he was still a candidate. This is what he told me. Are you racist? I am the least racist person that you have ever met. I am the least racist person. Are you bigoted in any way? I don't think? think so. No, I don't think so. Islamophobic? I'm a person, no, not at all. When people say that you're racist or homophobic or Islamophobic or, or whatever it is, that has to bother you. Or compare you to Hitler. There are newspaper covers. You know where, where things bother Does that bother me? you? No, if things are true... If that were true, it would bother me tremendously. <laughs> Here's what everyone should know. Just because you say you're not racist doesn't make it so. Especially if you say, do, and defend racist behavior over and over and over again. Especially if you have lost your credibility by telling countless lies, big and small. According to the Washington Post... 1,628 false or misleading statements in 290 days, 98 days. And that was their last check. That was two weeks ago. That is a remarkable set of numbers. 1,628 lies in fewer than 300 days. The reason I laughed is because, no, no, not at all. It doesn't bother me at all if somebody says something that I'm racist or bigoted. If it were true, it would bother me. <laughs> it's like if somebody says, ah, oh, Jesse's got about 10 or 15 extra pounds on him. Oh, that wouldn't bother me if it weren't true. But if it's true, oh, that really bothers me. Well, it's it's kind of like the when you see people saying, I'm so sick of people calling me racist. Well, shouldn't you look into why so many people are calling you racist? Right. Uh, so much so that you're getting sick of hearing it. Be, Seems like you mean maybe, be self-reflective. <laughs> yeah. I mean, is that happening for no reason? Or maybe you should check into that. Check into that. Just for a second. <laughs> Just a little bit of reflection. So listen, uh, the, the, the jury is in on this. We, we know the verdict here. Donald Trump is unequivocally a fucking racist. He, you, can't, you, you can't say racist things. You can't support racist people. You can't put into positions of power white nationalists and not be a racist. Those are all behaviors that non-racists avoid. You can't talk with glowing praise Fine people in a group of Nazis at a demonstration at which an innocent counter-protester was murdered by a Nazi. Jews will not replace us. Blood and soil. Donald Trump's a fucking racist. That's just what it is. So let's not play any games anymore. Not that he has bias, that he says racist things. The president of the United States currently is a racist. Let's move on. The other thing that happened, and then we'll we'll wrap with this, unless Brittany has a final segment. But Donald Trump woke the other morning and retweeted Jada Franson. She is the deputy of uh, the deputy leader of a political party 
I use that term very loosely, in the United Kingdom called Britain First, which is a racist group of haters who dispatch groups of individuals into Muslim-majority neighborhoods to harass and intimidate the citizens. They yell and scream and get in the face of and wag their fingers and generally intimidate women who are wearing uh, hijabs, even burqas. It's none of their fucking business what these women wear. Do I think a hijab is great? No, I don't. I think it's an oppressive piece of clothing that is required by a fantasy religion. Just like I think it's weird that any kind of clothing that you're required to wear, whether you're a Jew or a Christian or anything else. Especially if it's disproportionate in the way that it is mandated in terms of men can wear polos and flip-flops, but women cannot. Yes, absolutely that. But that doesn't mean that they get harassed for it. That means that they get to walk the streets and not be harassed. Yeah, yeah. just because I don't agree with it. You know what I don't do because I disagree? It's fucking harass them. You leave them alone. Well, these people don't do that. In fact, Jada Franson has been convicted. She has a felony conviction for targeted religious harassment or something, whatever the charge is in, in Great Britain. And this is the, 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 the individual that Donald Trump retweeted three times and then it subsequently deleted the retweets. Well, the White House came out and said that, well, that's not true. The, the videos might not be true because they were all proved to be fake or false. The video's not be true, but the threat is real. The threat is real. This is where we are. Here's Fareed Zakaria talking about the White House response and the troubling nature of it. White House is defending the tweets, right? They're saying, uh, first of all, it doesn't matter if the videos are true or not. Uh, That was what they said yesterday. Um, It's just uh, that there's a problem, so that they're raising, uh, raising awareness of that. How damaging are these videos? You know, I mean, is this embassy alerts going up related to this? First, pause for a minute and think about what Sarah Sanders said. It doesn't matter if this is true, the threat is real. In other words, we can make up stuff, we can, we can promote false narratives, we can use misleading videos, we can do whatever we want as long as we're talking about an issue that's real. I mean, that is almost the definition of a kind of Orwellian uh, attitude towards news where you say, it, you know, it doesn't matter if it's all f- or fake, it's all false, as long as the cause, you know, right. is real. The means don't matter. The, right. The, the means justify the end. Uh, the ends justify the yes. means completely. Um, l- look at the fallout just in Britain. And remember, Britain is the strongest ally of the United States. This is a conservative government in Britain. It is, in fact, a populist conservative government. in Britain. This is the government in Britain mm-hmm. that we got because of Brexit. That Theresa May is not a shrinking right. liberal. So let me- It's also interesting what Fareed Zakaria said because he he said um, it doesn't matter if it's accurate. The message behind it is true. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I just I can hear like that being said in North Korea with their propaganda videos. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Like it doesn't matter how inflammatory the content is. Ultimately, they're sending this message that they feel is important about Americans being a danger um, and needing to be taken out. And Sarah Huckabee Sanders is saying this with a straight face to reporters. I mean, this is propaganda. It doesn't matter if it's inflammatory. It doesn't matter if it's real. We're trying to get a message across. So, yeah. Wait, what? Well, there's just there's there's so much nuance involved in the. Well, first of all, the one video was of a a, a dark haired Dutch kid beating up a light haired Dutch kid on like crutches. And they were saying that was a Muslim because he had dark hair. Well, it was the Dutch, the Netherlands. They came out and said, well, that's not true. That kid was born here. He's he's Dutch. And then one of the other ones was a, a Muslim, you know, guy in traditional garb. And he's got a long beard. So he's scary to Donald Trump. And he's smashing. <laughs> he's smashing a statue of the the Virgin Mary. Zero understanding of of the the Muslim tenets of idolatry, not having graven images. That's why you can't have a statue or a, a drawing of Muhammad. Mm-hmm. As wacky as that is, that's what they believe. They revere Mother Mary. They 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 revere Jesus in the Quran, and he's smashing it because it's not a, a disrespect of her. He believes. A statue of her likeness is disrespect to her. Mm-hmm. So that's why. But 
Donald Trump has no understanding mm-hmm. of the nuance and the differences between religion. Yeah. Uh, just, he's a fucking idiot, Brittany, I guess is what I'm saying. Well, <laughs> I know it's hard to believe, but something good did come out of this, which is a parody account. Yeah, yeah. Called British First on Twitter. And they find these videos of like a dog. This this man is fishing or something. And Yeah, yeah well, no, let me set the stage. Okay. There's a dude fishing mm-hmm. and there's a dog at the water's edge. Yeah. And the guy's like nudging the dog with his foot trying to kick the dog into the water. Yeah. And then slips on a rock and falls himself. He falls into the water. Yeah. And then they... <laughs> the account... Says the account says dog owned by illegal immigrants chucks man into the sea. <laughs> and then every tweet they tag Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And who knows? Maybe one day he'll retweet this thinking that it's real. Well, do you have the account up? You have the account up there. I'm yeah, assuming. it's at British at British underscore first. Right. What's the one where the woman tries to or someone tries to kick a pigeon? Off the platform of a, of a train platform where they're getting ready for the train. Yeah. Muslim trained pigeon hurls man onto train track. Right. He tries to kick the pigeon and he falls off. They're, they're all amazing. I mean, every, and every they're just single gifts. one. They're just gifts of funny things you've probably seen before. Yeah. And so this is the perfect way to mock Donald Trump. Yeah. For his stupidity. What would be awesome is if he actually got duped. And retweeted one of these. Yeah, I I hope that happens. <laughs> Where he legitimately is like, wow, this pigeon yeah. is Muslim trained. So funny. <laughs> Muslim trained. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess Jada Franson could be asshole of today. But instead... Taking care of biz. So I think it's it's two people that are taking care of biz, and it's Mike Hudson and Mohammed Yusuf Zoy. I know who neither of those people are. Okay, so Mohammed was Mike's interpreter in Afghanistan. All right, and we've actually met. Lift drivers that are here in the country that were That's interpreters. Right. We have, yeah. And so you could probably talk more about what interpreters do. Well, when you have a, a unit, I mean, it's it's rare to have a bunch of native language speakers. It's relatively common to have someone in a unit who speaks uh, Arabic or Urdu or these native languages, but the dialect has to be correct to really to communicate properly. So they what they do is they hire uh, locals, and they they are trained and they they talk uh, to locals and they're the they're the inter- obviously they're an interpreter for the for the marine or army unit whoever's on the ground there, and oftentimes these people um, come to the United States because they are in grave danger yes of retribution by locals and terrorist groups once. The units, the Marine unit or the, the military units pull out of that area. Yeah, because they were helping the U.S. They're military. Right. They're collaborators, quote unquote. Right. So um, in 2009, Congress approved um, the Afghan Allies Protection Act. And this granted visas to people who worked as interpreters for the U.S. military in Afghanistan and Iraq. And this would allow them to come here. Of course, it would still be a long process. um, But recently, there have been delays for thousands of former interpreters. Shocking that recently there's been delays with Donald Trump. And so they're waiting to get out of these countries where they are in danger, like you said. Um, and Mohammed was one of these individuals. His visa got um, hung up. It was delayed. And he contacted Mike Hudson, who is a Marine, and his former boss. And they worked together for a long time. And Mike Hudson, I believe he said that he's had um, three previous interpreters and none of them are alive. They've all been murdered. So he didn't want that to happen again to Muhammad. So he pulled some strings, tried to help get the process going. Yeah. And 
he's here. Mohammed arrived in Houston. Wow, that's awesome. And he saw Mike when he got off the plane. And quote, when I saw him, I thought, I have family now. I don't have to worry. And he moved in with him. And they are going to go get a Christmas tree and all all that good stuff. And I'm getting emotional because it's just a great story. It is a good story. And let me say this, that as a nation, when we enter into the endeavor of war, we have an obligation to those people who who, who befriend our cause, who help us, who, who endanger their lives and their families' lives in our cause. We are obligated to help them. And for Donald Trump or whatever bureaucratic mechanism that is that is stalling these applications, that needs to be taken care of post-haste because we are obligated to these people to save their lives because they we're in their debt. Yeah, they put themselves yeah. in harm's way to benefit us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so he says he wants to go back to school while he's here, and he also wants to find a gym because he wants to continue his bodybuilding <laughs> um, regimen. And apparently he can squat 450 pounds. Wow. Is that a lot? That's, Seems like a lot. <laughs> it's, more, it's more than 350. <laughs> and uh, when he arrived, he got to eat some delicious Texas barbecue. So oh, yeah, Houston. I'm pretty jealous of that. They didn't take him to McDonald's for two Big Macs and two filet fishes They did not. It was smoked chicken, macaroni and cheese, and Spanish rice, and some brisket. Macaroni and cheese. It's they over- hooked him up. Overrated, the macaroni and cheese. Yeah, that's something's wrong with you. It's, well, it's for just, believing that. It's just not a... It's got to be done right. Yeah, and it can be done right in any time macaroni I, and cheese is made. Am I asshole of today for making that assertion? Well, that's a dumb opinion. All right. Views and opinions expressed by Jesse Dollarmore are solely those of Jesse Dollarmore and do not reflect the views and opinions of Brittany Page, who is a far superior person and much more measured and reasonable in her views and analysis. I take it back. With that, we're going to leave you. Part two of this episode will come to you tomorrow by way of episode 361. We love you. We appreciate you. Thank you for joining us today and every day that we put out a show. If you'd like to communicate, if you have something to add to one of these stories or any others, 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. You guys are the best audience in podcasting, and we will see you next time. For Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It. Like, if, if Donald Trump had, had theme music, <laughs> if Donald Trump had theme music playing everywhere he walked, it uh-huh. would be like... Exactly. <laughs> 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 <laughs>